Um, I think this week has been, well, the last week has been a bit intense when it comes to what's happening in the world at the moment. As I'm sure everyone knows the tension, and I think at times like this, it tends to divide people more than it unites them initially. And um, I think everyone's got different opinions and different views, and I felt really strongly kind of just to share this morning that I, I just pray that we don't let the small things that might have different opinions on stop the unity between us here. Like I think in and through it all, if we can just focus on what unites us, it will get us through those things that we don't agree on. And I just want to say, like, be gentle with people that have different opinions with you over this time. Because this is when it can kind of like explode and people can get hurt over something. And I'm not saying we're not directly involved in what's going on there. But don't forget that God's called us here to this place in this time to be here now. And um, I want to encourage you guys that, like, if anything, let's just continue to focus on just being united as a, as a body, as a community, as a family. And trust God to take care of the rest. Um, I think Andrew said it on the group was like, to be honest with you, we can do our small part, but like, do we trust that Jesus is enough for there as much as for here? So, if I had a title this morning, it would be Jesus is enough. I'm going to be sharing from Luke 8, verse 43 to 48, which is the the woman who who suffered with bleeding for 12 years, and I actually just want to find it quickly because I lost my place okay I'm going to read through it quickly and then we'll just dive straight into it while he was going the crowns were nearly crushing him a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years who had spent all she had on doctors and yet could not be healed by any approached from behind and touched the end of his robe instantly her bleeding stopped who touched me Jesus asked When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And I've been so struck this last, luckily I've had time, three weeks to go through this. And it's amazing when you can sit and dive into one piece of scripture, what God can do in three weeks. Just showing you small nuggets that you missed. But also the season for reading certain things is actually God's timing as well. If I'd read this a couple of years ago, I would have missed half of it. Because I also have grown since then. And I want to encourage you guys, Trinity Central, you guys have grown. And you guys are doing well. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep going. It's been amazing to watch the growth in the people sitting here and the lives that have been changed because you've actually pushed into God. And I want to encourage you to continue leaning into Him. So I went through this process of asking the general questions like, who was she? And I think, also, oh, shame, she's a woman. She was struggling with this. It's this, oh my God, I don't understand her pain. I don't understand what it meant. And then I realized that maybe at some point she might have been a mother. Maybe she's someone's daughter. A sister? A friend? Suddenly it became something that I could relate to. How would I feel if I was that and realized that society had deemed me unclean? 
unworthy, unqualified, unable to walk into certain spaces. See, at that time, for that, she would have been deemed unclean, which meant that she wouldn't have been allowed within the vicinity of people. She would have been cast out to the boundaries of the town, of the city. I don't know what that feels like, because we sit here privileged enough to sit in the community, to walk freely into doors, no matter what is happening in our lives, and we can be called part of a family. But I do realize that there was a point where Jesus invited me in to that family when I was outside. The isolation, the, the lack of finances, how alone she must have been for 12 years, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually drained, broken. To be alone, especially as a lady in that day and age, I don't know what that would have felt like. But I can somehow start to feel her pain and her loneliness and the despair that she must have felt. The, the, to be completely poor, no finances, which she had spent on all the doctors she could find with nothing. Probably relying on donations and someone's goodwill, someone's good heart. Unable to see her family, unable to walk into home anymore probably being pushed aside by men and women as they walked in and out of the town. In Matthew 9, where the story is recounted again, it says, if I can just touch his robe, I will be made well. You see, I find it amazing in this time and world when, when things are at our worst, we are in desperate need of a Savior. Absolute desperate need of a Savior. And the need for a Savior allows us to push through the pain, push through the rejection, push through the brokenness in the hope that surely there must be someone that can redeem me. Someone that can heal me. Someone that can restore me. Someone that can invite me in. See, I've looked at this story and I realized like for, for her at that time, to walk through the crowd that has for 12 years disqualified her, called her out, spat at her probably, walked away from her. The, the courage that you have to have to walk past all those people just to get to the one hope that could potentially save her, which is Jesus. And then I started to look at this and I started to recount it to myself and I thought, she's in today's day and age, I don't know if I'd have the courage to push through all of that that was standing in front of me to get there. I'd be a little bit too intimidated, a little bit too nervous to go forward, a little bit unsure of whether I was able to get there without someone maybe stopping me or me stopping myself, not even taking that first step. And I realize now with the world going on at the moment, there's so many things vying for our attention, so many things distracting us, so many things pulling us in all these different directions. And the world is just constantly looking for our attention, constantly pulling, constantly seeking for us to give more of ourselves, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Sometimes they seem like they're good things. And sometimes those good things are not what God's asked us to do. So how do we fight that? How do we push through trials? How do we push through the world calling us to work? What are the things that vie for our attention? If Jesus should be the focus, if our eyes are kept on him, I can just see like this, this tunnel vision that she must have had just there, just there to push, to get through. It doesn't matter who's by me, just get there, get there, get there at all costs. I don't know if I live my life like that. At all costs, get to Jesus. 
at all costs make a way. Somehow, put things aside. The first thing that grabs my attention that I feel a little bit of affirmation or something, I'm like, oh, this is nice. Like, oh, great. I might just sit here for a little while. I might just stay in this space. Like, that feels good. And I feel like Jesus just saying, would you push through to get to me? I can redeem you. I am the hope that you're looking for. I am the one that can restore you. The goal is Jesus and nothing else. Nothing will satisfy like Jesus. And that is such a heavy and weighted statement. But I think about these people now in the midst of all these wars around the world. I don't know how they could do anything without Jesus. Honestly, I don't. I don't know what it's like to be in a war-stricken country. I don't know what it's like to go through what is happening in the rest of the world at the moment. But I must know that they must be desperate for a Savior somewhere. And in these moments, I know that Jesus rocks up in ways that we don't understand. Trinity Central, Jesus will rock up here for you. Today, tomorrow, three weeks' time, a month's time, ten years' time, in the next five minutes. He'll be there for us. Just keep pushing through. I don't know what you guys are going through in your lives or what is feeling like it's disqualified you or what is feeling like it's taken away your attention, but there's that longing that is deep inside of us. And I think as we continue to walk with God, we realize that that longing just gets bigger and bigger because He gets bigger and bigger and everything else gets smaller and smaller and He gets put in the correct place and therefore things just start to just move away as you go through life and hardships and trials come. We embrace it, but we, our eyes are still fixed on Jesus. He's still the one we have to get to. And that's not just a lifelong battle, that's a daily battle. It's getting up in the morning saying, Jesus, today I'll pick you. Today I know I'm going into a work environment that's going to be difficult. I know I'm going to these people that are going to treat me badly. But today I'll pick you. At all costs, I have to pick you. Because nothing else will satisfy. And if I don't, I don't actually know what I'm left with. It comes this point where, especially for my generation as a group of young people, our feelings are so important to us. And I feel with my heart and I feel like... <laughs> We get lost in our feelings and we forget to sometimes actually just have faith. And it gets to the point where it's do our feelings and how we've been told we should feel distract us from having faith and to keep walking. Walking through that crowd, I can imagine that this young woman, or I'm not sure, maybe she was probably in her late 30s, early 40s, maybe even less, I don't even know. Constantly walking past every person as she's going, I'm sure she must have thought what people, as she's going, what people told her. All those years of words spoken over her. And her feeling could have said, no, like, I can't go here, like, there's no way. Do we get distraction? Do we get distracted rather than pushing into presence? It can be such an easy thing. I caught myself yesterday while I was doing prep. Oh, let me just check something quickly. And then like 20 minutes on Instagram, I was like, Whoo. should probably put the phone down. It can happen like that. And if it happens while picking up a phone, I don't know how many things don't ask for our attention today. We wake up in the morning, if you've got kids, it's kids off the bat. I've seen it in enough households now. I know that everyone is seeking our attention somewhere. We get to work, our attention is there. People need something from us. Then we get home. If you've got kids, I know the households are crazy. I've actually seen enough of it in this household with Andrew and Michelle. 
So where do we make time? How do we find time? To be honest with you, I don't have that answer for you. I think the beauty of walking with Jesus is we find that for ourselves. And it's learning to not copy and paste what someone else is doing to replicate their walk. It's actually, no, 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 walk your own walk with God. Let Him be the one that has a personal call with you because how He works and how He talks to you and how He loves you is going to be very different to the way He does with me. There will be a lot of overlap. And the beauty of our community is we can learn so much from each other in and out of seasons, from generations to generations, of how God moves and how He can move. But comparison is the thief of all joy. Don't make that walk anyone else's but yours. It's our affirmation versus our identity. We can so easily seek things that make us feel good and pop up our egos, but is it, is it actually calling us into the identity of Christ? If it's not, maybe it's not as good as what it seems. Because the world will give you snippets of good things, but those good things can become distractions. And slowly but surely we walk away from the presence of God and our identity, as we still think might be rooted, but we're still human beings. Over time, it will be swayed. And eventually, we will start to believe the lies that the enemy has put in our lives. We will start to believe what the world says of us. We will start to believe that we're not worthy to step back into that space. And what I love about that story is Jesus was on his way to perform another miracle. On a way to go and actually raise this young girl from the dead who had he said was actually just sleeping. And the beauty about when Jesus walked is he just walked. He was in no rush. And as Jesus is going with what the world is doing, you can join that story at any time, which is exactly what she did. He was just walking through the crowds, through the masses, doing what he was called to do. And she came to him. And, and he knew it. I can't imagine that Jesus didn't know that she was coming. And somewhere deep inside, it's like if you I remember my dad walking away and he knew as a young kid that I'd be running after him. And he knew he just waited and waited and waited till I grabbed on his leg and like, you know, it's, and, I, and I have to think that his heart must have been like, just one more step. Come on, just one more step. You're almost there. You've almost got me. I'm right in front of you. Just keep going. And then when, when he answers her at the end, he says, daughter. Which I think is such an amazing part because what he did is he actually healed her in so many physical ways, but he restored her place in the community. He restored her probably, I think, everything in one go. By just by calling her daughter, he could have said woman. He said daughter. Because I'm, I'm, I know for a fact that he could feel her loneliness and her pain. And when someone calls you a daughter or son, you automatically feel like you're involved in their family. You automatically feel like... I have a place here. I feel safe here. I'm home. Do you guys feel distant from God? Do we feel unqualified? Are you lacking today? Jesus is enough. He will always be enough. But facing that pain and facing that fear can be extremely uncomfortable and extremely daunting because it it always becomes so much bigger in here when our hearts and our minds are not rooted in God. It's not rooted in the Scriptures. It's not rooted in His presence. And it can happen so quickly. And I think the beauty about a community like this and the size that we are is we can see it in each other from a mile away. 
because you can't hide here. And I want to say, let the, don't f- walk away from those uncomfortable feelings. Don't walk away from the potential pain. Because it's in the midst of that that Jesus shines brightest. Because it's then that he can really show that it's actually him who is the answer to those things. He is a gentle savior with the power to save, redeem, and restore. And I wonder so much about the community that we call to be. If we'll be like those people that actually are so crowding the way for people that truly need to see Jesus now. Because sometimes we're like, me first, me first, me first. I need to get to him. But what if sometimes you need to just open the door? And I think the beauty about all of us here is we actually are in that space at the moment where we have that walk. We have that revelation. Don't be jealous if God is busy somewhere else. That's brilliant. For a short time. Mm-hmm. Maybe just open the door. Mm-hmm. Maybe just let someone in. Maybe invite someone in. Because he's got all the time in the world and all the power to continue working with you. And it's probably going to be for you. Those moments where Jesus doesn't become ours in a selfish way, but he becomes ours as a community is when people can truly and freely walk in and out of these doors knowing that they are welcome back to the space. This is not a my little world, my little thing. And I think so much of what's going on at the moment in the world is it's starting to wake up people from being stuck in their own little walks of life, their own little channels, their own little this. And I realized that at that time, how many people probably wouldn't even have noticed that that woman was pushing through. I want to notice that person that really, truly needs him. That really, truly needs healing. That really, truly needs a family. Because I think in those moments, we see a a picture of God's heart for us. And in turn, it stirs something deep. Like, man, he must love me that deeply as well. And then revelation after revelation occurs. And he continues to work in us. And he continues to fight for us. But Trinity Central, I'll just I'll pray for the next season, especially moving towards the end of the year, where it gets very hectic, very tiring, very busy. Don't let distractions take you away from His presence. Don't let what is being said outside affect what He says behind closed doors. Be very careful what you let into your life, into your home, into your ears, into your eyes. Because if you think we're not easily <laughs> swayed, I promise you we are. Because we are little sheepies. (laughs) And I think moments like this where God can deal with us in an incredibly deep way and it can kind of seem like that staff that the shepherd has is a little bit too hard. And I think sometimes he can be gentle and sometimes he can just be like, (laughs) you know, just on the head, like, hey, wake up. You know, it's time to move. It's time to go. And if you feel like you're stuck at one of those things that's pulling for your your attention, just get up, stand, take a breath, and just keep walking. If you can. If you need to stand, just stand. If you need to sit for a while, just sit. But I think the world is this easy thing of making us feel extremely comfortable. And like, oh, my life is like, Jesus, you know, I've got my community, I've got everything. Everything's kind of working well, like I'm okay. And I think like, no, 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 but... You can live your life, but there's so much more for the next couple months that he's already got planned. 
And I think we need to encourage each other to continue to push through, to continue to walk, to continue to love people well, to continue to welcome people here into your homes, into your families. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a scary thing to, to start dealing with the things. And I have no answer for how to handle all of this. All I can say is Jesus is gentle enough to just do one thing at a time. He doesn't, he doesn't, you don't walk into his presence and he says, right, we're going to deal with all of this in one go. Good luck. And you're sitting there going like knees shaking. He's like, cool, come. Come, my girl, come, my boy. Let's just talk about this one thing. Just today. And tomorrow, no, let's look at this again. Maybe for six months, just one thing. In the span of your life, for him to do a deep work that will change so much inside, sometimes he'll hop on one thing for maybe longer than you think is necessary. But if he knows you as well as he does, I promise you it's for your good. And at the end of the day, I know that he is more than enough. And I pray that over the next couple months as we hit to the end of the year that Jesus would just start to show you that he's enough in every area that you lack in every place that you doubt in your mind in every hurt that you've had previously I pray that he would restore you I pray that you would meet him and he would meet you and there'd be this incredible moment of oh my God, he's enough I can do this I can be here this is a safe space for me so Father God I thank you for I thank you for the family that you've put us in. I thank you, Father God, for the fact that you know that we are desperately desiring to pursue you. And I thank you, Father God, that you are so ready to embrace us. At any point in our walk, at any time that we feel unqualified, you are ready. I thank you, Father God, that it doesn't matter how far away we feel, you are never that far away. Nothing we can do can separate us from you, Jesus, because of your blood. I thank you for your sacrifice that we can say this boldly and freely, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that as the world is in chaos, I pray that you would unite us. That we would show people a picture of your kingdom here on earth. I pray that you give us peace a joy and excitement, Father God. I thank you for that. The depth of your love is unimaginable. <laughs> and your heart to save is undeniable. Thank you, Lord, for Trinity Central. And I just pray that you would bless us in this closing period of the year, Father God, that we would see a bigger picture of you than we've ever seen before. Because in the chaos, Father God, your light shines brighter. And it's in those moments where you start to save people and call people out and say, you're mine. Father God, thank you for, for all that you do for us. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.